Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on what time zone you're in. This is Abby Rose. Vincent is currently busy wishing that he could play Doom Eternal, but it has not come up for Switch. I personally am playing Animal Crossing. I have all of the fruit. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Today's guest is Megan Rose Scott, who is a composer and a student, and you might know her from Postal Roach podcasts, um, such as Emperor Pigs and Not the Half of It and Three Husks. Um, And she has also worked on One Bad Night, which is a project that both Vincent and I also worked on. Um, And she has her own amazing albums, such as uh, Up Church in April. It's fantastic. Go check it out on all of your music streaming sites. And just one more thing before we get this episode going. This is a pretty easy episode to listen to, but towards the end we do talk about death and the afterlife. So if those are topics that are sensitive to you, go ahead and skip that little last bit of the show until you come back to my voice at the end. With that being said, Vincent, take it away. So how are you? How was your day? Um, I'm good. My day was okay. I slept pretty late, as I usually do. How was your day? Uh, you when mostly returning back to work. Mostly, mostly returning back to work seems to be just like a schedule thing you can never get used to after the holidays. Yeah, I feel. Uh, there's so there's. I've always wanted to know what is a day to day like for, you know, cause you're in school, but you're also doing composing, you know, yeah. how do you manage to keep that both on a on the schedule? Oh, um, well, some people do it a lot better than I do. Um, I don't really have a schedule. What I, what I usually do is I go to class and I come back and if I have homework to do, I'll, I'll maybe do my homework, but a lot of the times I'll just blow it off and, um, do composing stuff. I have lessons once a week, um, composition lessons, and we always have a recital once every uh, semester. So I have stuff to prepare for. But um, I mean, life is kind of normal. And then on the breaks, I it's basically just a free for all. I don't have a schedule that I follow. I just um, you know get up, drink coffee, read a little bit, and then start making stuff. That's, I mean, you know, hey, that's that's one way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know that balancing between, you know, work and, and somewhat fun and, and, you know, and actually getting stuff done is just cause such a pain in the ass, usually. I catch myself, like, um, multiple times, like, all right, I know I have things to do, but I can do a little bit of something I want to do. Yeah. Whether it's, like, finish a game or try to binge watch something on Netflix or whatever it takes to get me through <laughs> Yeah, I feel that. I also, like, I work, so I I usually, sometimes what I'll do is I'll save my homework for, like, when I go to work, because um, I just have a desk job. Um, I work at the information desk at my college, so I just, I'll do my homework at the desk, and then when I come home, all I have left to do is just composing, so. 
So when you say information desk, you mean like, is that where another student would need like actual information on the campus and they would just happen to come to, to the desk you work at or um, something way more advanced? Yeah, it's basically complex. that. It's basically that. It's it's a the information desk at the student union. So I, it's not information on the entire campus. It's just like, hey, mm-hmm. you can print stuff here. Also, here's a map, and and like I'll try to answer your questions as best to my ability. But a lot of the times, I don't know the answer, and I'll just tell you to go ask somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> so so you do that. Uh you know you go to you go to the actual classes and then you do that and then you work on your composing or you know wh- whichever days the schedule runs um that ways but what do you do when you're not you know when you're not composing and you're not working at the information desk you're not going to class what um, what do you tend to do uh well that takes up most of my time but i i do have a social life believe it or not <laughs> um i yeah i have a couple of friends and we usually do you know, we'll just go out to eat or, um, you know, hang out, watch a movie, usually nothing like too big, but, um, we'll, we'll sometimes do fun stuff. Like we went, we went bowling the other night. Um, and like we threw a Christmas party for ourselves and made some hot chocolate play cards against humanity. Um, so yeah, I, I get out. I'd like to have a social life. Um, maybe, you know, go out for a drink or something, but, um, if there's, Honestly, if if there's not that and I'm not at work or in class, then I'm probably at least messing around with some music thing. Um and, you know, it's it's all the time, but it's what I do for fun. So do you have, so is there certain music that you uh not I I wouldn't say you like to compose, but is there certain music that you enjoy just or certain genre that you enjoy to, to listen to or, or work with or on more than the other? Um, I have a couple. I, um, I mean, your typical film score, you know, or orchestral. Mm-hmm. Um, I like doing that kind of stuff. I especially like um, action, adventure, um, you know, fast-paced stuff. I, I feel like I'm pretty good at that. And... Um, another branch that I really enjoy is electronic music. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I actually wanted to be a music producer for a long time when I first got started. So, um, that's kind of how I, I got started just working with like synthesizers and stuff. So that's another branch of what I like to mess with. And, um, yeah. And a lot of the times I'll combine the two together in a score, um, so like the Emperor Pig score, for example, like sometimes I have the orchestral stuff. Sometimes I have, you know, uh, the alien theme is is like synthesizers and then like a saxophone in the background. It's some weird combinations, but I like that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, does there do you have a favorite score from a movie or you know? Yeah, I guess a movie. We'll just do a movie like or even if it's a TV show, I'll give you that. Oh, a TV um, like show a favorite score at all. Yeah, yeah, TV show is definitely Game of Thrones. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what? That's that. You know what? That's a good one. Yeah, they're like nothing will ever take take the place of the Game of Thrones score. I I am absolutely in love with it. All right, have you seen Black Sails? No, I don't think I have. Okay, so I all right. I might be speaking a little biased here because I'm I'm a huge I'm a somewhat of a big pirate fan on most 
most anything pirate, whether it's a movie, video games, or books, or whatever. Um, so forgive me if I give it hype, but I, it's a show that came on Stars mm-hmm. um, sometime like in the mid 2010, somewhere around that. I don't remember when it exactly started, but it only ran for like four four seasons. It's like a prequel to Treasure Island. Oh, interesting. It's really good in adult. Um, I love the hell out of it. Like I recently. Uh, a couple months ago, I've been trying to get Brendalyn to uh, to do a binge watch with me of it, and uh, she's not pertainingly into it too much. She's gotten like season two; she's on her phone, so I think we've already Aww. given that up. But they have such an amazing score for that. The thing that really irritated me the most with that, though, is um, I forgot the guy's name. Um, the composer for Black Sails. They released so far. They released the season one actual like mm-hmm. soundtrack. Yeah, but they haven't released the other three, and the there was such a epic battle at the beginning of the fourth season that honestly has such a great score for it. Oh, you know, I hate that. Yeah, um, I just you know, The Witcher, the show that just came out on Netflix. I have it on my to do list, but I haven't watched it. Okay, I'm, I'm really it's on my to do list to watch because I'm really gonna enjoy it. I know. Yeah, yeah, you will. It's it's really good. Um, but the score isn't released for that one either. And I was like, when I watched it, I was like, oh my gosh, this music is so badass. But they haven't mm-hmm. released the score, and it's it's really pissing me off. Yeah, like, okay, so the guy who did Black Sails is uh, the Barry McCreary. I probably oh, fucked yeah, up yeah. his I last love name. Him. Yeah, he did. A, he does really a good shit. Play too. Yeah, like I don't understand why he hasn't, but it's oh, um. Has there been any others besides Game of Thrones growing up that like stood out to you to the point where, like for me, for instance, I remember uh, if I heard it in a movie, I would like spend hours going through Google searches of like trying to find that song, whether it's like looking up that scene or trying to like ask straight up, like ask Google, like, what is the song playing when this transformer runs through this library? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the time. Um, Actually, I had a a playlist on, on YouTube when I was in middle school called Epic Music. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just, I, I don't, I, a lot of it wasn't actually movie scores. It was just um, like library music, I, I guess. Like uh, there, there's some groups like uh, Two Steps From Hell, Audio Machine. Yes, I know them. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So, and they, they write like epic music and it's not mm-hmm. for anything, but it could, it's like in that style, you know? Uh, what's funny is like, um, so, and I've said this like a dozen times throughout, uh, these episodes of recording. So, uh, <laughs> when I write, I use music mm-hmm. and I, my process of whether it's starting a new project or, uh, starting a new season of that project or a new part of the series, I make a playlist. I go yeah. on Spotify and I'll make a playlist. Uh, a good chunk of my instrumental for this playlist are two step from hell. And, um, uh, there's another few others ones I can't even think off the top of my head and I'll like, I'm like one day, like, I hope I have the money to actually have this particular song in this particular scene. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Actually, what I feel uh, is I hope that I, I write something that awesome that people will listen to and be like, oh, this is so epic, you know? How does it feel to know that, um, and this, and this, this is something that's actually happened. I'm not just blowing steam, but how does it feel to know that like when my release radar comes out, um, usually every Friday on Spotify? Mm-hmm. Uh, there'll be times where, uh, like, I'll hear like a song and I'll look down. It's just your name just sitting right there. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's happened. It's happened. I mean, especially you know with the Emperor Pig stuff and everything. 
Oh, you can't see me right now, but I have my mouth wide open, like in a big smile. <laughs> I mean, it it's similar to like you know like that, and that's how I would feel if someone you know that's a podcast. But like you know, you have actually music albums out. Like you know, if you go on your Spotify, you know, you have mm-hmm. the Emperor Pigs, you know, season one soundtrack. You have uh, that that secret little fallout thing you're working on and yeah your own your own even like just personal stuff that you're doing i mean you have a lot you're working on and doing stuff that i don't even know about so yeah just putting <laughs> that out there yeah um uh yeah i <laughs> i hope that i can you know just have one rando discover me um and and enjoy what what i make because i mean that's that's the whole reason why i write in the first place is just to make something that sounds good that people will like to listen to, you know? And mm-hmm. like, I, I see my compositions as my babies. You know, when you spend hours creating something and you go through so many drafts of it and, you know, you, you go through emotions with it, you know, frustration, um, inspiration, the ending product, like if, if I finish something and I put it out there, I'm, like really proud of it. Um, and so for somebody to, to like also really enjoy that, like that just, honestly, that means the world to me. I, I can't think of anything, any better feeling than that. So you recently were put everywhere that, you know, you are, you just, uh, we're at a few premieres of some movies. Yeah. I, uh, the, uh, scored three films, um, for see that's my... crazy though like i mean how you can't just sleep on that is that is such <laughs> it's an accomplishment though. i mean it really is it, like i'm now when you when you went uh, i didn't see but did your did any of your family or friends come i mean how was that's got to be like a really incredible moment especially like at least your first one going to yeah um yeah i had yeah this was actually i have had films premiere before but none mm. that i've actually been able to go to so this was the first one this first uh local one um so i had a lot of classmates come um, most of them um it was for so it was for the students film association so most of mm-hmm. them are already involved with sfa so they were going to come regardless but um it still meant a lot that you know they were there and they applauded for me and everything um and i my family did show up my dad my brother my mom um, as well as, uh, um, two other composers that are in the composition program with me, they also showed up. So. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, these movies where, is there any way that any of the listeners could actually find them or, um, is it just something that was just, uh, for, I guess for that, for that private moment or as far as like, you know, uh, like in house, if that makes Um, sense. Yeah, so the so I'm not entirely sure when the films are going to be put up on YouTube slash mm-hmm. Vimeo, but I know, uh, at least for one of them, I know they are going to put it up on Vimeo. Um, they can't do that until they decide if they're going to try to take the films to um, like film festivals, because if it's going to go to a film festival, it, it can't be out for public access. So... Um, once the directors decide what they're going to do with the films, then, you know, I'll, I'll know what's going to happen. But, um, for the horror one that I scored before I sleep, um, 
that mm. one i the director did say that he's going to put it on vimeo and that he'll send me the link whenever he does he hasn't done that yet but i'm looking forward to sharing that with everybody that's awesome and i'm, I'm so excited yeah like it's it I guess just like me working on music is something that I don't think I had the patience for. (laughs) I mean, I barely (laughs) had the patience for anything I do right now, but like, (laughs) I know it's so tedious, but I I really enjoy, like, I personally like enjoy music when I'm not just writing, when I'm doing like most anything in my life or podcasts, one of the two. Now that's kind of like taking over music, but I, you know, I still follow artists. I enjoy and still wait for releases, but like, I know that like actual composing scores and stuff, I know that's got to be like such a pain in the ass to do, but such an accomplishment at the end. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I, I guess it depends on your attitude towards it. For me, it's, it's really just a hell of a time. Like I have fun doing it most of the time. Actually, I should take that back. Sometimes I, um, I take on a project that I actually end up not liking. Um, you can question me about that later, but, um, (laughs) most of the time I, I really enjoy what I do. And, um, I can't tell you how many hours I spent on the horror film that I scored. Um, but I did a lot of stuff with that. Um, Mm -hmm. I spent, I spent a lot of time, um, crafting, uh, sounds because a lot of horror scoring is just coming up with crazy, creepy sounds, you know, so I did a lot of weird stuff. Um, I, for example, I, I took uh, a recording of my little seven-month-old sister crying, and I distorted it and I put it through an eight-bit filter and put a bunch of delays and reverbs on it, and it sounded <laughs> demonic when it came out. <laughs> it was perfect, <laughs> but that took a lot of time and. Um, a lot of fine tuning to, to do, um, you know, so I can't tell you how long it took me to, to finally come up with the right sound, but, um, I don't know. Time passes really quick, really fast when I, when I do that kind of stuff. Cause it's like, I'm enjoying it, you know? And then once I find the, the perfect combination of, of effects, it's like, oh, okay. It's been eight hours. Great. I should probably go eat something now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so um you know we we've discussed you know you you have you have scores on films and and you know you have personal stuff you have you know you've done crazy work with emperor pigs and you you even composed some songs for my uh my episode for this past year's 11th hour audio production uh one mm-hmm. bad night um i want to ask so to go down the list what brought you into audio dramas like how did you start scoring for that um, it was a website called Casting Call. I'm sure you're familiar mm-hmm. with it. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I signed up for that um, January 2019, so almost a year ago, just to try to get more commissions. Um, mm-hmm. And I applied to pretty much every job that was listed, which was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but one of them happened to be Emperor Pigs, and... Emperor Pigs is what got me into scoring audio drama. Um, and yeah, like I, I enjoy scoring podcasts because it's, um, it's a lot, how do I say this? It, it's not less work, but, but it is. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, so because like for a podcast, you you can't do a lot of super crazy stuff at once, or else the listener is just going to be overwhelmed. Because all right. you all podcasts are is like you you're listening to it, you know. Whereas for a film, you're listening to it and you're watching it, so there's two types of of stimuli going on. But um, for a podcast like scoring podcasts has to be more sparse um and so i'm able to crank out you know 20 minute episodes in like a couple of days and it's no big deal because i just have like you know 10 12 15 tracks max so um yeah i mean i i started out with emperor pigs i really liked it i really liked working with persephone um, and she's then, great, isn't she? Yeah, she's she's great. Um, she she uh, never once ever told me um, to revise anything. I I would hand her something, and she would just be like, "Okay, this is great, perfect." So um, you know, and and a lot of the times I'll work with people who are very nitpicky about the mm-hmm. scores, you know, which is fine. Um, but it's it's refreshing to be able to just kind of do my own thing and for it to be good no matter what. Um, I know she is so like, and I, 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 I like I said, I kind of, I know I hate to, to blow more steam for you, but uh, <laughs> I know it's something that she is so, um, so proud and, and, and happy for you and what you've done for her and for Emperor Pigs and stuff. Like, um, you know, she, she just recently, like in the latest Emperor Pigs presents, we just had another ad for your, for the soundtrack for you and everything. Oh, I mean, like uh, I said, the she's... one that was released today. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, if, I believe it was a soundtrack or it was a show, but I know I I know I've heard that ad before. And I know you know. Like I said, you've you're you know it, it's it's everywhere. You know, she's made it loud and clear. You know, this is the soundtrack. This is you know how to get it. You know, and vice versa. And I mean, it's just yeah. you know she's it's really been fun from my point of view seeing seeing you guys work on that season and the things I'm working with Persephone in it mm-hmm. and um, like I said I know she is so she's so thankful for for finding you and then um, for for what you brought to her table for for postal Roach and everything yeah and I'm I'm very humbled with um, all the praise that she's given me and you know she's recommended me to to a lot of people and that's how I started scoring other audio dramas is through her um mm-hmm. You know, I mean, she's the reason why I got connected with you. Um, it was through and Emperor Pigs. I'm very excited for you to see what you do with Hope Valley. I'm so... But we are still early, early stages on writing that where you don't even have to flex <laughs> anything yet. <laughs> well, once we get to this, the stage of scoring, I'm sure we're going to come up with something awesome. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so, you know, you've done Emperor Pig season one. Uh, you, you, you helped out with the one bad night episode, mm-hmm. but I really want to talk to you about this fallout one you have coming out. All right. So are you, are you a gamer by any chance? Or are you just like, just happened to, to, uh, how did you get in with this fallout? Um, same way I got in with Emperor Pigs. It was through casting call. Casting call. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So yeah. do you know anything about fallout before that or, um, like, Honestly, like at all? no no not at all um i haven't been much of a gamer um mm-hmm. and i i think that's mostly just because i don't have time and i don't have a lot of patience either <laughs> um but i mean i 
am starting to get into gaming a little bit more. Um, and this is like a very recent thing, but my, my, mm-hmm. my brother got an Xbox like two days ago. Um, so we've been playing some stuff together and he just got the fallout, uh, game. I think the first fallout one four or 76. Oh, uh, are there 76 of them or is that a joke? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think it's the first uh, one. I'm not quite sure. Uh, I won't frustrate you with trying to create <laughs> that thing. Uh, so, you know, you, you got to fall out. Um, so, well, I mean, that's got to be cool of you. You've you, you done music for, for this audio drama coming out, which we're going to dive into. But before that, you know, you now you've seen what, you know, what Fallout or or at least got a glimpse of what Fallout is and um you know what it what it has been to a lot of like i'm a huge fallout fan but i'm a gamer too but like yeah um you know i started i remember like fallout 3 was the first one i ran into like a lot of people and um and then from there you know new vegas kind of like took the stage it just like became such an epic game Mm -hmm. um like i remember the day they announced fallout 4 like we have a we used to have a party here for with me and my friends every year for e3 and like uh that night that fallout four got announced i cannot if you would have been like our neighbor just walking by the house you would have probably like jumped out of your pants by all the screaming and yelling of all the grown-ass men just like wailing around throwing beer just like screaming in excitement for the Aww. for the game and, and the, <laughs> that's so great yeah it's it was uh because and it also took them forever to go from three to four you know because mm-hmm. they're working on um other things like skyrim and whatever else bethesda was doing at the time mm-hmm um, so, you know, this fallout darkest hour, uh, is there anything you can tell us about as far as, um, what, what we can expect or, or anything as far as where is it at with, with that? Cause I, you know, I see you've, the album's already out on Spotify, correct? The, the composing you've done? Volume one. So that's for, mm-hmm. uh, that's for chapters two and three. There's seven chapters total. Um, I did not score the first one. I, I think mm-hmm. I, th- I'm not sure if they used library music for that or if they had another composer um Mm -hmm. but i mean regardless of what it is i didn't score the first one um so there's seven chapters total uh chapters two and three are completed i just got handed chapters four and five like a week ago to score um and the each chapter is about 30 minutes long um, so it takes me at least a week, <laughs> <laughs> um, which I mean, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's not bad for, for 30 minutes. If, if it was a TV show, it'd probably take me like at least three months, uh, <laughs> one month. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I have chapters four and five. I'm going to get started on those soon. Once I finish up with some of my other work that I need to get finished before the next semester starts. Um, and then, um, so the, the director slash writer of this is a guy named Jonathan and I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but it starts with a P. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, so he's, he's in charge of getting everything together and, um, so two chapters left for him to edit. I think he's still waiting on getting the lines from the voice actors. But um, once he gets those edited, I'll send them my way. And then we're going to release all seven chapters in bulk on YouTube, I believe. 
And I'm going to talk to him about also releasing it on Spotify and stuff. Um, cause I have a DistroKid account, so mm-hmm. we can, we can see about doing that. Um, so is this a full scripted audio drama or, yeah. uh, that's, that's awesome. Um, I do have to give you a thank you because the day I, you know, the day I found out about that, you know, I'm over, I texted you and I was like going crazy. I'm like, I can't believe you're doing something Fallout. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I wonder, wait, are there actually Fallout audio dramas? So I went and looked and, you know, I searched in my podcast app, uh, Pocket Cast, and I searched and I actually found, um, I found a few. I went through them that was kind of picky about here and there, but I found this one um, and I'm going to give him a shout out. It's called uh, Chad, the Fallout, a Fallout 76 story. Um, and you could pretty much find it like on any, uh, any, any kind of catcher right now. But like, um, it's the, from what I'm understanding, uh, Kenneth, the guy behind the, the creator behind and stuff who I had the pleasure of sitting down talking to today about projects in the future and, and how much of a big fan I am. But, um, it starts out like the first two episodes of him, like self narrating a funny story about a guy named Chad, uh, who was Mm -hmm. in vault 76 with him. And then from there, like uh, I think like episode three or four, one of the two I don't remember, but it starts turning into a full scripted audio drama series. Oh, cool! And it's so good and so just so funny and wholesome. It's just I am so excited that people are doing things with Fallout as far as the <laughs> scripted series and stuff. Something I can listen to when I'm not just playing it. Yeah. So uh, I have a question for you. Um, you yes. Did you listen to the the album that I released for Fallout, for Fallout. Darkest Hour or yeah. Up Church for Fallout? Um, I haven't yet. Uh, because the when I found out you were doing it, I was I actually hit you up about it, and you said it wasn't out, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna wait because I don't know if like. Is it weird that when I think of like the music, I think of like there might be spoilers in the story? Like I if, if, I know it's mu- the music, but like. If no, it's, no, no, that's I don't not know. weird at all. Like, I mean, a good score will definitely tell you what's going on. I mean, it, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, not to obsess about Game of Thrones, but I'm obsessed with Game of Thrones. Um, like, <laughs> I, I spent, I'm such a nerd. I spent like 16 hours last semester straight, 16 hours straight, mind you, listening to all eight of the albums, you know, from each season. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I could, if I... If I was listening to it, I could tell you exactly what's going on just based off of what themes are playing and like the mood of the music. So a good score is definitely supposed to do that. <laughs> um, so if I had to think of a series that I could do that with, with a score, uh, I honestly think that I would say Transformers. Like, mm-hmm. not that I could tell you what's going on, but like, I I genuinely love the music, all the music I've done for that, especially in um, the second one, Revenge of the Falling. Mm-hmm. I think it's Revenge of the Falling. No, 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 no. Shit, which one was it? Where I forget. Fuck, I forgot. Um, no, no, no. Yeah, I think it was Dark of the Moon. Either way, like off the top of my head, that's be that's been like the one where I can go through like each album as far as like actually enjoying each one of them. Mm-hmm. Um. Game of Thrones, I can't say I can because, all right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. Uh, Brendel and I only recently started watching Game of Thrones this year. We're we're not we didn't finish season eight yet because it just mm-hmm. now recently came out. We're we're kind of having to running rent it or borrow it here and there because mm-hmm. uh, we don't have HBO. <laughs> um, <laughs> but 
I'm still going through my first like run through of falling in love with the the series and and to the point where like I haven't been able to pay attention to anything but like what the fuck's going on in the stories so far. <laughs> I, I, yeah, <laughs> it's a bit complicated. All right, so I know I haven't seen season eight. So, but I'm going to ask, how did you feel about it? Don't get me fucking started. I'm so angry about it and they, I can't believe that, that my, I mean, okay. It could have been so good, you know, Mm -hmm. they could have done so many great things and they just threw it away. There was so much shit behind that too. Like even before I started watching Game of Thrones, like um, you know, I heard all the whole thing where the there was rumors or there was there was shit just about the the guys rushing to go do Star Wars. Uh, mm-hmm. So they were trying to get it done. I mean, there was a lot, so much shit behind like what went wrong with that. I don't, I still don't know everything wrong with the season. I know, I know, hear things here and there that I've heard or or accidentally read uh, online. Um, like I know people weren't happy with, and I guess this could be spoilers for anybody, but, uh, I guess people weren't happy with certain deaths. Um, yeah. one of the actors or actresses wasn't even happy with their own death. <laughs> like I yeah. know there's people voicing how unhappy they were. People are part of the show. Mm-hmm. I still think like one of the funniest things that came from that though was the Starbucks thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like uh, there were a lot of memes that came from season 8. Um just I don't know. Um I don't think I'm ever going to forgive the writers for what they did to my show. Um <laughs> So, but yes, the Starbucks thing was great. So, what about and I'm I'm not asking to be cliche. I'm genuinely asking because I feel like you know if you're a Game of Thrones fan, you must have had some kind of early beginnings and maybe dabbling with the Lord of the Rings stuff with anything uh, in Middle Earth. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, big time. Are my, you happy? Were, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say my my dad um, is like he was obsessed with Lord of the Rings growing up, so it's only Same. natural that. Um, his children watch all of the movies and read the books. Agreed. Uh, my dad, like, really, I don't know why, but he, like, he really enjoyed The Hobbit, like, more mm-hmm. than he did Lord of the Rings stuff. I, I love both of them to death, but I, I do think, like, especially what they've done recently with the new Hobbit movies, I think are are, are great. Um, I know they were, I have seen to remember people not liking, like, Kurt Peterson specifically said he did not like how they did the last one and, and that stuff, but... As someone who didn't get to read all the books or barely any of the books, I genuinely like the movies. Mm, yeah. But are you excited that we're getting more Lord of the Rings? Wait, we're getting more Lord of the Rings? Yeah, you haven't like seen like so Amazon, from what I'm understanding, Amazon paid like a shit ton of money to the uh, Tolkien estate to be able to do things with Lord of the Rings. And so one of the things they're currently working on or that, or they're doing mentions of is like an earlier series, like before I believe, I believe before Hobbit could be wrong, but I know it's before the actual Lord of the Rings. What? Yeah. Like a prequel prequel, but they, the only thing that they're releasing so far is like, it'll be out in 2021 and, um, they're casting people, but they're not really saying who, if I remember, they may have said a few names here and there. Um, but it's going to be on Amazon. 
Well, it better be good. <laughs> uh, so as someone who's seen the... So if, wait, you said you did see The Witcher, right? You've seen the, the whole season already? Um, I've seen the first six episodes. I haven't watched episodes seven and eight, but I'm sure I'm going to watch them soon. Do you think that they can compete with what HBO has done with Game of Thrones? With just The Witcher? Well, um, I think that it's not a fair comparison because The Witcher is so much more small scale than Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. There's there's not as many storylines going on at the same time. There's not as many, you know, complications. But um, I, I don't know. The, the only thing that the two really have in common is magic and, you know, medieval fantasy. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that The Witcher is going to be a really great show. Um, I I do think that Netflix could um, stand to put a little bit more budgeting into CGI because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's an episode with uh, with a dragon or two, and yikes! That's all I have to say <laughs> about that. But um, you know, besides that, like um, Henry, I never pronounce his last name right, but. Um, mm, the guy, the think. guy, yeah, that guy, the guy who plays the Witcher, uh, great actor, you know, mm-hmm. perfect for that role. Um, I like the rest of the cast too. I, I, I think it's going to be good. Um, and I really like the score too. So, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with it, but I, I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be Game of Thrones level. Hmm. I've seen a lot, like, I haven't seen any negative re- negative reviews or comments through anything about The Witcher so far yet, and it makes me want to watch it, like, even more. <laughs> the fact that, yeah. like, it's catching on so quick. I think I remember, I do remember seeing a meme, uh, it was like, um, oh, shit, what was it? It was, I know it was completely fake, but somebody said, like, the Netflix writers have confirmed that all 400 side quests from Witcher 3 are going to be in the series. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. oh, that's, man, that's, that's, I don't know, like, do you have, like, all right, besides, you know, Game of Thrones, but do you have, like, like, a series or that has, that contains a score besides Game of Thrones that's, that's, like, close to your heart, um, through any time era? Uh, like a TV show, or are we counting movies? Uh, I guess let's say TV show, because we're kind of on the basis of that right now. Okay. Hmm. Let me think. What TV shows have I watched? Um, okay. I never actually got too far into Doctor Who, but mm-hmm. I did listen to the score. Um, I, okay. I, I guess that's not really that close to my heart, though. I just really like it. Let me, let me go to my playlist real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have a playlist titled Hans Zimmer, and then I have a playlist titled Other Composers. That's hilarious. I know, right? Um, um, off the top of my head, with when you say Hans, I think like the biggest thing that stands out to me is, did he do? Um, oh, fuck, I hope I'm not wrong, but he did Black Hawk Down, right? Um, I, I feel like I'm wrong. Did, am I wrong? Hang, hang on, Black Hawk Down. 
I hope I'm right. Hold up. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. He did. Yeah, 2002. Yeah. He has such a powerful fucking song for that. Um, I don't know if you've seen it or not. Mm Mm-mm. Oh, it tells a really good story. But, like, he does such a powerful fucking score for that. And it, it it's great. It's fucking great. I would honestly recommend checking out that soundtrack sometime, too. Okay, yeah. I'll add it to my collection. That sounds so, like, the, <laughs> it's so ominous. <laughs> I'm just going to download it to my Apple Music. So, would you say that, I mean, who would be your favorite composer, though? I've always loved Hans Zimmer and um, I've loved him since I was a kid. The The parts of the Caribbean score was. Why did I not fail to mention this earlier? I have a lot of the soundtracks. <laughs> I have all of them. Um, actually, my one of my Christmas or birthday gifts or something one year was the soundtrack to the second one. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I've, I've loved him ever since I was nine, you know, so he's, he's been, and he played, he has played a big part in my own, um, personal style. Um, his approach to music is, um, he, so he sets it up in like a, a, a way of questions and answers you know, so the way that he builds a melody, he has a question and an answer. So one phrase is going to be a question. The other phrase is going to be an answer. And I just think that that's, that's so like beautiful because it, it, it almost makes it so that music is a language. And I think that, um, that if you compose that way, like that's the best way to communicate what's going on to somebody. So I don't know. He also like the way that he takes something simple and just makes it awesome and, and big and epic. Like, um, for example, I'm sure you know the score to, um, uh, inception, right? I think I know one of the songs. Uh, I think I have one of the songs because I think it's like a big, I think it's a really good song if I remember right. There's like some song from that movie that like got like really good. Um, yeah, I is, it, I guess is it time? Maybe. I've seen it. I don't remember too, too. I didn't see the movie if that helps. I'm going to, that movie, I guess I'm going to, that movie had no, I had no interest in that movie, but I, I've heard some of the music from it. <laughs> Fair enough. The, the The movie was was okay, but the score was amazing. Um, but I, I I bet that the song that you're talking about is "Time" because that was the most popular song from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that song, um, I've taken a lot of inspiration from it. He his melody is four notes, and he uses mm-hmm. four chords throughout the entire thing. But he just keeps building and layering instruments and textures and and then it just grows and grows into this huge beautiful um haunting thing and then it goes back down to uh just a piano and a violin at the very end and it's i don't know it's it brings tears to my eyes (laughs) (laughs) okay all right so i'm gonna pull you out of this this tear moment because i have all right so okay so picture this okay okay Okay, we'll use Pirates of the Caribbean as an example. If we need to, we can move on to other 
movies or TV shows to do it too. All right. So out of the whole series, okay, so far, mm-hmm. is there a certain scene with a certain song that really jumped out of you with that song? And if so, what scene is it? For Pirates of the Caribbean? Yes. Probably. Because they had some fucking grand hits on that. So it's going to be know. really hard to choose. I know. But I know mine. Oh. <laughs> uh, um okay i i have several in mind but um Mm -hmm. i'll give you three with the help three okay yeah i can i can roll with three so number one the first one i think of is jack sparrow's theme um (laughs) and i imagine the scene where he's just walking around tortuga just drunk and getting smacked by women um and, you know, trying to find sailors. Um, the second th- thing that I think <laughs> of is the uh, uh, the Wheel of Fortune theme. Mm-hmm. The, the scene where um, Jack and Will and whoever the other guy is are like, they're all fighting over Davy Jones's heart. And then they get on top of the um, the wheel and the, the whatever it is for the, the mill house. And it, mm-hmm. it, it it detaches and starts it rolling rolls. through the forest. Yeah, I do have a good song for that. I will give yeah, you yeah. that. You did really good. Yeah. Um. And then, oh wait, wait. Can I do four? <laughs> okay, you could do four. I want to okay. see how. I want. I feel like you're gonna get the one. I, I feel. Like, all right, let's hear it. Okay. Okay. So third one is in the third movie when Elizabeth is um on the boat they're about to go into battle and she's giving the what shall we die for speech oh yeah that was really good God, yeah, yeah, yeah i yeah. love that series so much i know right oh, oh okay i'm so sorry i have to do five because i just thought of one more i'll stop <laughs> myself at five okay okay the fourth one at the end of the third movie um when will and elizabeth are on the beach and he's about to have God. to go yeah damn it that's what i was gonna say parlay uh, uh, I think it's called One Day, but okay. Yeah. Well then, all right. Well, you're close to what I'm thinking of then. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, they're like on, they're the, on beach, the beach. She's right? saying goodbye. Oh, oh, that's the very, very end. Um, before, yeah, okay. When he's leaving to go be uh, the new Davy Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's like this really sad romantic thing going on, and it's just like, oh my god. And she's got his boots and stuff. Yeah, it just, it makes me cry every time. It it really does. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm getting into my feels. Anyway, <laughs> okay. And then the very last thing I'm going to say is Drink Up Me Hardy's Yo-Ho, which is the end credits for, I think, the third one. A lot one. of the movies. It's, I think they reused it in the fourth one, I think. Or they did a remix. I know there's, holy shit, I forgot. There's a fucking remix of it. Um. Oh, my God, damn it. All right. So, before I get to that... um. Drink up me hearties, right? Yes. Uh, so, did you see the new one in theaters, the newest one? Um, is it the fifth one? Dead the... Man's Hill No Tales. Oh, yes. yeah. I didn't see it in theaters, but I did see it on Netflix. Okay. So, I need to be a bit honest, all right? Okay. Um, For the past couple of years, I've been working at a Renaissance Festival as a privateer for um, the king and queen there. Okay. Because one of my fascinations is with pirates and stuff. Mm-hmm. I love that series so much that when that movie came out, I went back in my secret outfit, went up to the theater and watched it in that outfit. <laughs> I can just remember how amazing, like, you know, and you know, get now, the first thing you do is you go look at the Spotify playlist for it. And like to know that they use some of the older music and did like a fuck ton of awesome remixes with some of them. I don't know yeah. if you, 
if you've noticed that or not, but they're at the very tail end of it. They have, uh, I don't know the exact genre. I would say electronic ish remix of like drink up me hearties. Really interesting. I believe I, I'm probably got the, I probably got the genre wrong. I'm probably fucking it up, but it's something like that. And they just, so fucking cool to hear like you know something a song you grew up on be like remixed into something from now Mm -hmm. oh yeah the the composer for that one was not Hans Zimmer I just realized yeah for that movie yeah for the Dead Men Tell No Tales yeah I think they switched it I think that was the one that did they was he for four two or was he um he was for two and three okay yeah but I forgot who did the fifth one um, it's J. J. Off Zanelli. Mm. I probably uh, <laughs> butchered that. I apologize, J. Off. Golly, you just brought back so many memories when we when we said that. that is, yeah, oh. Oh, the, the man, those those movies were so great. Yes. Yeah. Like I have, uh, I have a Jack Pop over there. I'm looking at now. I love that. Um, so, I'm not going to name five because you've named a lot of the ones I can think of on the top of my head, I think. <laughs> so, we gave them a shout out. But I will say the one that I thought you were going to name earlier, the parlay, is uh, in the third one when they were meeting on the beach with uh, oh, yeah, you know, Beckett, yeah, yeah, James yeah, yeah. Will. Uh-huh. And it had that like weird, oh my God, I could not find that fucking song for the longest <laughs> time. It's one of those things where it like, took me forever to figure out how the fuck that works with finding that one. I just love, and it's not long, but like, you know, when the camera just shows over the beach and you just hear that like harmonica tune. Yeah. Oh, just brings you in the moment so well. It does. Yeah. Shit. They, uh, so when the movie started first coming out, they had like a, um, uh, weird online MMO of, just i think i don't remember what company was behind it but it's dead now but it was like a pirates of the caribbean you just were on a computer and you're like you make a character and you're in the pirates of the caribbean world uh-huh it was so fun because you know you can hear the music you can see a lot of the people from the movies and stuff and it was just like in the pirates of the caribbean world so you go visit the the beginning where uh he was where will was being a blacksmith and stuff and you're in there you're doing stuff in there you're running around the shores mm-hmm. so fun and then like I remember having like I, time went by and I wasn't able to get back to it. And next thing I know, it's like dead. It's dead in the water. Oh no! <laughs> oh man. Um. What about Game of Thrones? If there's a scene with a certain song, in Game of Thrones. Okay. Um. The night. I'll, I'll let you have five this time. I don't okay. have any because I'm still getting used to the show. That's fair. That's fair. Um. Okay, the first one that I think of is, okay, before I get started, I have to say, fuck season eight. (laughs) However, however, the music, amazing. Mm -hmm. Ramin Javadi, amazing. Okay, now let me get started. Um, So the first one that I think of is a track called The Night King. It's from the season eight soundtrack, and it's the whole, like, eight minute montage at the very end of the third episode where um it's the 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 battle between the army of the dead and uh winterfell 
Oh um, man, it, they they what? Hold on, they drag it out to the third episode because they were marching there, like at the end of season seven. Yeah, they dragged it out. Fuck. Yeah, and I'm honestly, not gonna, that I was episode... like looking forward to like season one opening it up or the season eight yeah, opening it up with yeah, the battle. Yeah. Okay. But but that episode, amazing, absolutely amazing. Every episode mm-hmm. after that, complete shit. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, so like the last eight minutes, they have this whole montage and uh, I'm not going to give any spoilers away, but like you think that something's going to happen and then something else happens and it's like the music just builds and it builds and it's amazing. Oh my God. I am obsessed. I am absolutely obsessed with (laughs) with that track. So that's the first scene that I think of. The second scene that I think of is um, in the very next episode, episode four of season eight, like the very first scene, um, uh, Ramin took the same theme that he used in that track that I just mentioned, and he used it, but like not in an epic way, but a sad way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it's beautiful. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I really like that. Um, third scene that I think of is in season six, I believe. I don't know what episode it is because I'm not that obsessed that I have all of the episodes memorized. <laughs> um, but it's in the sixth season. Um, it's called The Light of the Seven. It's uh, it's when um, uh, Marjorie and Cersei are supposed to stand trial in front of the Sept. Um, mm. Yeah, so I really like that track as well um let me think for a second is it bad none of these songs are like i mean except for the eight one because i've heard it, but like none of these songs are really popping out to me golly i mean you pro- how many times have you have you watched the show through okay so this is my first one <laughs> it's my first time okay. going through and I feel like you know it's one of those things where I went through like you know the whole time it's going I'm like I feel like I would like it but then again I don't know I I don't know I was just like on the fence but at the same time I was like you know completely digging the Hobbit I was in you know I'm a big you know big nerd so I'm in a lot of fantasy stuff but like yeah I don't know why it took me so fucking long and so many people to tell me to watch it before me and Brendan sat down and said fuck it we're gonna watch it and I was like god damn I should have watched this before <laughs> I mean yeah it's it is a lot um but so I've I've seen it three times through, um, so maybe that's why. But I know I don't have a life. <laughs> um, but I think probably a, another reason why the song stuck with me is because I'm a composer, and so of course I'm going to pay attention mm-hmm. to the music. So. Easier, yeah, yeah. Um, that's kind of what I latch on to. So, um, I will have to say. I don't think I have five scenes that, that stick out to me here. I, I definitely have four, though. Um, and mm-hmm. the last one is the very last scene of season eight. Um, I was very upset with how it ended, but the the last track, it's called The Last of the Starks, and mm-hmm. it's, it's awesome. Um, they combine the Game of Thrones theme with the house stark theme and they also throw in Arya's theme and it's just Mm. so the reason why i love the game of thrones soundtracks is because of the way that ramin deals with themes Mm -hmm. right and 
and I listened through all the soundtracks um, for 16 hours because, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, it was because I wanted to listen to see how he developed the themes throughout all mm-hmm. eight seasons, you know? And it's like as as a composer like i feel like i appreciate that it a lot and i probably notice it a lot more than your average person but um mm-hmm. but like the way that he develops his themes and and you know when you hear a theme you know who he's referring to and and that's part part of how you know what's going on in the story when you listen to the soundtrack and um i've i've tried to um, implement that in my own scoring, you know? So like for Emperor Pigs, I had themes for everybody, um, or all of the main characters. And then like, whenever something's going on with those characters, I'll put the theme in and sometimes I'll put in, uh, two themes at the same time if two characters are interacting on, and that's kind of what Ramin does too in Game of Thrones. Um, so Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, I just think it's a really interesting and, a really cool way of scoring. It's like, it's almost as if the themes become the characters. And so when you're listening to the soundtrack, you're basically just watching the show. So yeah, that's true. That's, Mm -hmm. that's very, that's very, very true. Like, Oh man. Now I just have like a million songs going through my head, mostly parlay if I'm being honest. (laughs) That's fair. Oh, um, I will. I will say that like the Game of Thrones theme itself has like honestly latched onto me. Like, so currently, well, it all right. Well, I guess I need to admit that too. For a long time, Brendan's theme song was like a weird violin version of the Game of Thrones theme mm-hmm. um, because I couldn't find it on it was a ringtone for a while. <laughs> uh, but right now, she's Grinch for Christmas. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> but my my close friend and coworker who got me, uh, one of the people that got me actually pushed me more to watch game of thrones was um his is actually like a twist of the game of thrones theme that's like in a like heavy rock form oh cool so for a while she would have like a violin he would just have rock and but it was both the still same theme mm-hmm. <sighs> it's really really good god damn it all right so let's get away from that <laughs> so um you know but you, you fight you got your composers you know you you're composing music you're loving your music music so you are but like one thing we haven't really talked about is do you have a favorite like band or musician like musician singer or you know like not like a composer but like you know an actual band oh um i really can't choose one because my music taste is just so far and wide you know it mm-hmm. really depends on what mood i'm in um but i can mention some that i really like if you want yeah, I mean, yeah, go course. Okay, let me scroll down my artists. I have to, <laughs> I have to look. Um, you don't have any off the top of your head. Well, okay, off the top of my head. So I'm also really into electronic music, as I said before. You know, mm-hmm. I'm into production and stuff. So um, I like Johnny Greenwood. Um, he does some solo stuff, and, and it's really cool. Um, Tom York is uh he's he's also done some film scores now that I think about it but he's he's also just a solo artist um doing a bunch of weird electronic stuff um I really like uh Bjork as well um ooh dirty projectors I recently discovered them and and um 
I don't know. It's just like really interesting. And the guy produces all of his tracks and, and is, he just puts a lot of random shit in there. And it's just like, <laughs> you know, and it's like, Oh, that totally works. So, um, so yeah, I, I like him, them slash them. It used to be two people, mm-hmm. but now it's just one. So I'm not actually a huge fan of pop music. I hate to say it, mm-hmm. but, um, <laughs> it all, it all sounds the same to me. So, but um, I do like the chain smokers, mostly their earlier stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I like um, One Republic, their earlier stuff. Ooh, I love Coldplay. Again, mostly okay. their earlier stuff. So, like, the only song off the top of my head for them is um, uh, what was the very first hit for them? I don't know, like, Fix I You or up the name. Clocks or something or. Okay, well then, or no, that's not what I'm thinking. What's the one that's like it's lost something? Uh, fix am I thinking? You? Of, oh wait, I f- uh, am, am I th- am I not thinking of Coldplay when I think of this song? I don't know, man. Politic, the scientist, clocks, warning sign, a whisper, rush of blood to the head, Amsterdam, parachutes, sparks. Shit, what am I thinking of? Um, I have no idea. There's a song lost. Oh, is it? Is it like paradise or like? Um. Oh God, Charlie Brown or something. Adventure of a Lifetime. Is it La Vida? Oh yeah, Viva La Vida. Right? Is that the one I'm thinking of? Yeah. That one. That was like one of the early, early hits, right? I think so. Yeah. That might be the only song by them I've actually ever gave a shit about. Yes. Yeah. Viva La Vida. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the song. Okay, see, yeah, I wasn't that crazy. I wasn't that off. Nah, you weren't. You, you're good. You're good. <laughs> There's lots of other people that I like. I, I, I just have such a wide variety, and I also really like listening to um, my friends' music because I have some really talented friends too. Um, so if you don't mind, I'm going to give some of them a shout out. Go ahead, um, in. Yeah, my friend Ethan. He's his artist name is E dot A dot H dot or E A H. He he does a lot of really cool electronic stuff, and he is so smart when it comes to um, just like anything that has to do with synthesizers or modular synthesis. Um, you know, he's the guy that I go to if I don't know what's going on. He he knows his shit. So um, and he's on spotify and apple music and stuff so he's really good um my friend deanna is really good with um orchestral stuff she likes to write for strings i think she's on um apple music as smith uoso and then um my friend parker greenwood he is he has an amazing voice and I don't think he's on Apple Music or Spotify yet, but he's on SoundCloud. Um, I think it's just Parker Greenwood. Um, so yeah, those are my friends, and I love listening to their stuff. Oh yeah, we're all actually in um, this this uh, thing called Laptop Ensemble together. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're actually, in February, we're going down to San Antonio, Texas to perform at this big music convention. Um, and we're writing original music for all of that. So we're, we're all going to be collabing. Um, (laughs) yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. 
yeah, I don't know if it's going to be released anywhere, but I would, I mean, I would love to release it somewhere, but yeah. Um, we, we like to jam out all the time. Also, I forgot to mention one of my friends, uh, Juan Dusan, he's from Colombia, but he goes to NYU. I met him this last summer at, uh, film scoring workshop out there and he's also just absolutely amazing um and I listen to his stuff on loop all the time just because it's so good um and he's he's been a really big help to me too because he knows a lot of stuff so um yeah definitely check him out too that's awesome so all right I got a question this is gonna be kind of a long shot but um I think it could work. So, <laughs> all right. So I guess you might have to like get in, get in the picture of this. All right. So you're dying or you're dead or you're dying, right? Say, you're, say your life is a movie, okay? And okay. if your last scene, if you could pick a song, and I guess you could place a scene, but at least pick a song, what would be the ending song oh for your God, life? Oh my God, that's such a hard question. Believe it or not, I've actually asked a few people that in my lifetime. I don't know. It's just something that's like that's thought out to me with uh, with the song here. There, it's just it's like a peculiar thing. If you if your life was a movie, what would end your what would song would end your movie? Is it like a sad ending or like? What do you think? Well, damn. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um. I feel like um, it would be sad if life, you know, like life ending yeah. is sad. I guess, um, you want me to give me an example? So my answer to this question was always, um, Pearl Jam, their song mm-hmm. release, driving out in a muscle car with that song playing just on mm-hmm. an abandoned road. That's how I would die to end it, but that would be the most impossible way to end it. But that would be like the best song. Good. Okay. So a song by the band Red who I, I really like them. Um, they're, they've been one of my favorite bands since middle school. A song. I actually listen to them. Yeah, yeah, they're really good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a song by them called... Um, um, You're Not Alone. Probably that. But that would be me saying it to whoever is with me um you know the lyrics are it goes i am with you i will carry you through it all i won't leave you i will catch you when you're ready to let go because you're not alone or something like that Mm -hmm. when you feel like letting go yeah that um and i don't know like i feel like that's been my attitude towards life a lot i I really try to be there for people, and um, one of the ways that I do that is is through music because I don't always know the, the words right words to say. To say. Yeah. Yeah, I feel um, you on that one. But but sometimes the only thing to say is to just you know make a sound in a different language, which could be music. Um, but I I don't know. I always try to be there for people and. I feel like if my, if there was the, like the last thing that I would want to say to, to people before I go would just be like, Hey, like, 
I'm going, but I'm not leaving you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn, you're getting me in my feels. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It was just, it was just, it's a, it, I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's like a question that it, it's, it sounds like a fun, or not, I, I, that's a horrible way to say it. It's like one of the ones that makes you think, but like, it also gives you a chance to find like what song actually like means a lot to you. Um, yeah. So like Out of the Furnace, a movie uh, with Christian Bale and, um, fuck, I can't think of his name. Uh <sighs> Anyways, he had a movie where he was an older brother and there was a younger brother. Uh, I won't spoil it, but like it's it kind of like dancing and a few other things that I it's it gives it kind of like a southernish vibe and like they use the shit out of releasing that to the moment where you, I kind of like find like a connection with that song to where you could you see it from other points of views and like you could just like mm-hmm. see it in other things. Yeah, um, it's just it's such a fucking great song. The ending's kind of wonky, though. I will say the ending's kind of wonky because you don't expect... They kind of take a turn, like, at the very tail end. Like, when you think the song's over, they come back and do, like, a weird little fucking turnaround that, like, takes you straight out of the mood to, like, to the point where you need to cut it off before it happens. Oh, oh, no. (laughs) Um, so... Pull this back up. when before you know before all this before you before you've done you know before you've gone to college for it before you've done all this composing you know was this something that you had always wanted to do um you know but before you know Hans Zimmer like is this something that from day one this is the thing you knew you want to do was being in music or did you have other other uh other goals or other dreams you wanted um, to do I had other interests so um Growing up, I've always been artistic and creative, um, and I would express that in a lot of ways. Um, So, like, I don't know, I I did visual art for a while, like drawing and stuff. Um, I got really into writing as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And and the (laughs) reason, (laughs) right? I know. but like the reason why I I like to create is just because I liked stories and I liked the ability for stories to take you to a different time and place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had other interests. Um, I didn't start. I mean, I loved, you know, Hans Zimmer and stuff. Um, actually, I think the very first. Um epic song i guess i i would call it orchestral thing that i really loved was a piece called lux eterna by clint mansell mm-hmm. um i fell in love with that when i was in third grade and and the reason why i loved it was just because of the ability for me to imagine stories going on with the music and um that's kind of how i started to get into epic music um was t- to go hand in hand with my stories and then um, I started messing around with my own music, and it was terrible, but I, <laughs> I did it anyway. Um, and then once I stopped writing stories, I just kind of continued with the music. Um, so, yeah. But I also explored, like, songwriting and stuff when I was in high school, because I had a lot of things to say. Um and it was very like therapeutic for me to write songs and 
that started to get me into recording and producing. And eventually it led me back to, um, cinematic stuff. Um, cause I eventually ran out of words to say, you know, um, and so I would just start making instrumental tracks and then that kind of just evolved into cinematic storytelling again. Um, so, um, long story short, like, no, I haven't always known that this is what I want to do, but I have always known that I've been creative and that I love to tell stories and that I love living in other worlds that mm-hmm. are, you know, either entirely created or partially created by me. Um, so yeah. I, and, and I guess, you know, music is just what stuck. It's what I liked the most. And, you know, that's what the, you know, I believe that's what makes the world goes around is, is, you know, p- creative people, you know, without yeah. creative people, you know, <laughs> where would the fun be? <laughs> exactly. Everything would be boring. Um, and, you know, just as we start, you know, winding things down, I, I do want to ask you, know, what's, so what, what's in the future for you? And you know, what, you know, we, you're going to San Antonio, you're about to be a part of this awesome thing with your friends, but, but, you know, when you have all these other little, little, uh, soundtracks, I'm trying to think of what I can and can't say, uh, soundtracks that you're <laughs> working on and being a part of, but, but what else do you see or, or do you, do you see and imagine in your future for all this um, music? Well, like, are you talking big stuff or just... Just in general, like, where where do you, where do you want to go, Megan, like, with all this? Do you do you want to be, like, at the top of the totem pole? Do you want to do you wanna have your name on something uh, major or big? Like, I don't know, uh, another Game of Thrones series? I mean, where, where do you want to go yeah. with all this? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I have big dreams. I, I would love to... I know it's going to take me a long time, but... Um, I know if I keep working, like, I know one day I will score something that is Game of Thrones level. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, I, I want that. I want to see my name up there. I want to get nominated for an Oscar and, and, you know, I would love to win one. I, I think I, I am always so humbled with anything that I get recognized for or, um, anything that I accomplished. So if I can't go that far, or if I don't end up going that far, that's okay. You know, um, as long as I get to continue to create, um, but I, I do have ambition and I want more people to hear my stuff and I want to work on high quality things and just I don't know I I want to I want to create with with other creatives mm-hmm. and um and I'm not sure where I'm going to go next you know once I graduate and stuff I don't know if I'm going to do grad school or if I'm just going to start working um but my goal is to be as successful as I possibly can be. And if that means, um, you know, just being a freelance composer that, you know, has a couple of feature length films that premiere at film festivals, you know, great. But I don't, I don't know. I don't think I would ever be satisfied with, with just settling. I want to work for the Oscar. 
And mm-hmm. if I get there, then it will all be worth it. And if not, it'll still be worth it, you know? Yeah. I mean, just the, the path of actually going exactly. to it. Um, and so, you know, to wrap everything up, if you could, like, give personal advice to, to a listener right now who's who's trying to compose the best they can or trying to trying to trying to get into the music field themselves what would you give that Um, listener i would say first of all keep writing um and keep pushing yourself to write new and crazy things and if you don't know how to do something ask somebody or look it up on youtube or something um you know always try to learn new things um because the, you know, music technology is always evolving. And um, so learn what's happening, you know, in modern music technology, but also learn the um, the techniques that classic composers would use, you know, um, orchestration and uh, instrumentation. Those are very important things. Um, so learn all you can and also try to be as connected with people as you can, whether that be the people around you or, you know, social media, um, try to connect with other composers, people who are more experienced than you, people who can help you, um, as well as like young directors, young writers who, we're going to be looking for uh, an up-and-coming composer. And then, you know, like, if you befriend somebody who is uh, has more experience than you, like, don't be afraid to reach out and be like, hey, you know, can, can you watch this demo reel that I put together? Can you give me some feedback on this? And, you know, you might get some really good feedback and um, take everything in stride. Um, don't ever be offended by criticism take it as a learning experience and something to better yourself and just keep trying you know i have to tell myself that every day too just keep trying that's awesome thank you so much megan for sitting down and talking to me tonight (laughs) yeah of course thanks for having me um follow me on instagram um I'll, i'll put the link in the show notes And don't be afraid to reach out to me if you have any questions. I am always here to help. And just spam her with like Pirates of the Caribbean music. (laughs) Yes, do that. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, Megan. Of course. This episode of Personalized features Megan Rose Scott. You can hear more amazing music from Megan on your favorite streaming sites and on the Emperor Pigs Season 1 album. Also, check out our website, MeganRoseScott.com. And of course, as always, the links are in the show notes. Do you want more podcasts like Personalized? You can go to GravityUndone.net and find other podcasts such as Space Brains, Exit Plan, and My Creativity. Also, if you want to follow Personalized on social media, at PDPCast, we'd love to hear from you. Tell us your favorite episodes. Come meet our guest. Come hang out with Vincent and I. And if you would like to leave a review of our show on any of your favorite streaming platforms, we'd also really appreciate it. And lastly, I'm Abby Rose. You can find me at Abby Rose VO on Twitter. 
and we will see you next show. 